Caution, the contents of this podcast may be historical, but they're still served piping hot. We're brewing up the classics here on the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Coffeehouse Classical Music Podcast. My name is Asa. And I'm Allison. Today's episode of the Coffeehouse is a special one. It's the start of another mini-series of topics. So you recall, this past summer, we featured histories of many famous historical instrument makers. These people are often behind the scenes of music, but obviously have a very important role in the history of, and continued production, of music. Now, however, we're going to be talking about famous music patrons. These were essentially sponsors who would provide artists with some sort of funding to produce their works. And the first patron that we'll be going into today is Ferdinando de' Medici. Um, real quick, if you imagine sponsors at that point in time as sponsors of creative independent artists at this point in time, can you just imagine their YouTube tutorials? Hi, uh, I am... Donatello, and I'm going to be showing you how to how to paint in in the in this particular style. But first, this video is sponsored by Ferdinando de Medici. Ferdinando de Medici is the premier sponsor of all the arts here in Italy. Uh, thank you to Ferdinando de Medici. And if you use offer code Medici, you will be able to get 15. percent You know. <laughs> Ferdinando de' Medici is, of course, part of the grand ruling family of Florence and Tuscany, Italy. For most of Medici history, Florence was a republic, not a kingdom, and as such, quote, ruling simply meant having the most say. However, they did represent the region in large political gatherings, as true leaders would be expected to do. This family was in power in the region almost continuously from 1494 to 1737. However, the lineage has been traced back to the first Medici in 1000 AD. The family founder was Medico di Petrone, who was a doctor. The word Medici, of course, shares roots with the word medicine. This family gained power in the early days through strategic business practices and basically by having the most money. They also, however, had religious power, as four popes actually were selected from the family line. In the centuries before Italy was a unified country, each region was known for its own special quote-unquote thing. Florence was a major trading and international business hotspot. With the international affairs also came an onslaught of travelers, and they brought artistic styles from all over the world. And so the Medici family, although invested in business prospects, were eager to make Florence an artistic hub as well. And we see evidence of members of the Medici family paying travel expenses to bring artists and musicians to the city. However, for most of the Medici reign, it seems they might not have been as proactive with the arts as history remembers them to be. Though they sponsored many musicians to come to the city, they employed very few. What seems to make people's minds jump to the idea that the Medici family was into sponsoring craftsmen of all types is that they did in fact sponsor a lot of artists, the most well-known of these being of course Michelangelo and Donatello. 
Now these last seemed physical objects painted by these masters, along with the fact that so many musicians did inhabit the city under the Medici rule, could give people a false impression that the Medicis were universal patrons for all types of arts. It seems that for a long time, other powerful families such as the Sforza, Este, and Aragonese houses seemed to be more involved with the actual paying of musicians for services once they were in the city. The Medicis, however, still benefited from the presence and livelihood of the musicians. went on until Ferdinando came along. By the time Ferdinando was born in 1663, the Medici had been elevated to actual royal status. Ferdinando's father was Cosimo III, the Grand Duke of the Duchy of Tuscany, and this of course made Ferdinando the Grand Prince of Tuscany. Ferdinando himself was a musical prodigy at a young age. He could allegedly sight-read harpsichord works and then immediately perform them from memory. And though, like his ancestors, he was a patron and collector of works of art, he became well-known for his enthusiasm and for patronage of music. In his private residence in Florence, Ferdinando would often host small opera productions. Famously, he was an early patron of Handel when Italian opera was the subject of his study. In fact, in 1707, Handel's first opera premiere of the work titled Rodrigo was supported by Ferdinando. Ferdinando also famously supported works from Scarlatti. These musicians were invited to the city by Ferdinando, and unlike his earlier relatives, Ferdinando then actually supported their musical endeavors once they arrived in the city. There are several paintings in existence depicting Ferdinando socializing amongst his musicians. Since he himself was a proficient musician, it seems only natural that Fernando would play and become friends with them as well. In these days, musicians that were retained by patrons were usually considered to be of the servant class, so such activities as engaging in a lively song fest with them was looked down upon by other members of the family. In addition to the harpsichord, Ferdinando also maintained a large collection of other instruments. But how was he to keep them all in working order by himself? Enter Bartolomeo Cristofori. If you've listened back to episode 80, you'll recognize Cristofori as being the keeper of Ferdinando's instrument collection, and also the inventor of the forte piano. It was only due to Ferdinando's patronage and interest in music that actually allowed Cristofori to create this new instrument. Had he been working on his own without this powerful funding, Cristofori might not have been able to produce the quality models and tests that were needed to make a fully functioning fortepiano, and the idea then wouldn't have spread. So really, we have Ferdinando to thank for much of our modern musical developments that are piano-based. As a member of the ruling family, Ferdinando had a lineage to maintain. Like many royal marriages throughout history, Ferdinando's was arranged by his father with little regard to what might have been his son's preferences. Ferdinando was married to Princess Violante Beatrice of Bavaria in 1689, however, they never had any children. And Ferdinando, as the first son of the current Duke of Tuscany, was meant to be the heir to the throne. However, he died in 1713 before his father Cosimo, and thus never held the title. 
Since he had no children, the title of duke then moved to Ferdinando's younger brother, Gian. Unfortunately, Gian also died without an heir. The last remaining Medici was then the sister of Ferdinando, Anna Maria. However, this family's tradition was not willing to let her rule, and thus the dynasty that had been prominent in Florence for almost seven centuries was at an end as the Habsburgs swooped in to claim the area. So we hope you've enjoyed this little diversion from our normal musical analysis here on The Coffee House. As you can see, music patrons were essential in the pressing on of musical innovation. And we hope you'll help us press on by sharing this episode, or any episode really, with a friend or family member who would enjoy learning about history and innovation with a musical twist. For The Coffee House Classical Music Podcast, I'm Asa. And I'm Allison. Thank you so much for listening. Handel's Agrippina Overture was performed by a Far Cry Ensemble, and Carasposa Amante Cara from Ronaldo was performed by Derek Lee Regan in the Rebel Baroque Orchestra. Scarlatti's Ossese de Pigrami was performed by Bert Alink, and Exalte Dio was performed by Cantoris Carmele Linz, directed by Michael Snow. You can find The Coffeehouse on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Email us at coffeehouseclassical at gmail.com. Thank you.